I am super excited to announce that A Good Feeling Dog Training is now offering Skype dog training consults. And in the future, I'm also putting together online dog training courses. So if you wanted to work with me and you don't live in Colorado, please check out agfdogtraining.com and under services, Skype sessions. And if you'd like to do online training courses, stay tuned and I will let you know when those drop. Welcome to Disorderly Dogs, the podcast for dog owners. If you find yourself in precarious predicaments with your dog, this podcast is for you. I'm Rachel Harris. I'm a certified professional dog trainer, and I hope to give you a fresh outlook on your dog's behavior and practical dog training advice. Welcome to episode number six of Disorderly Dogs, the podcast. I am your host, Rachel Harris. I just wanted to thank those of you who have hit me up on Instagram with kind words about the podcast. It brings me a lot of joy and it makes me feel really good. So thank you for that positive reinforcement. If you've been enjoying the episodes, please feel free to leave a review on iTunes The way I understand it is the more reviews, the more people see this podcast, and hopefully the more impact we can have on dogs and their dog owners. Um, Also, please be sure to make sure that you subscribe so that you don't miss out on any future episodes. I also wanted to kind of leave it as an open question. If there's stuff you'd like to hear me talk about on the podcast, please feel free to send me a DM on Instagram at a good feeling underscore in CO and just let me know what you want to hear about and I will do my best to bring it to you in a future episode. So um, I hope you enjoyed the episode with Trish and Chelsea from VetCS. It was wonderful information. So if you haven't listened to episode number five, I suggest you go back and listen to it. But today I would like to talk about expectations. The expectations we have of our dogs and maybe are they unrealistic? So I think that we all have this idea of what a dog should be, right? I think that some of us think that dogs should fetch a ball. Some of us think that dogs should do really well at the dog park. And we all have these preconceived notions, right, about what a dog should be, how they should act. But I think that that's dangerous because we need to be looking at the dog in front of us. And every dog is an individual. And I think that lumping them all into a group of dogs is unfair and unrealistic. So I really want you to make sure that you are looking at your dog, who they are, and not looking at them through the lens of what you think a dog should be. So it's important to know who your dog is. What does your dog like? What makes your dog happy? What makes your dog sad? What stresses your dog out? Those are all questions that you need to have the answer to before you can start having all these expectations of your dog. 
So whether your dog is new to you or you've had your dog for years and years, those are questions you need to ask yourself. And if you don't know the answers, I think it's time to take a deep breath and sit down and really address if you know your dog as well as you think you do. I'm not trying to imply that you don't know a dog that's lived with you for five years, right? What I'm trying to say is that I think it's important that we dig deeper if we're having problems that we don't feel like we're able to resolve, right? So if you have this expectation of this dog to do really well at the dog park and you keep having problems at the dog park, I think you need to take a step back and really look at is the dog park the right place for this specific dog? Right. Um, and, you know, if you've had a dog for a short amount of time, I think that the most important thing, first and foremost, is bonding. And that's whether you have a young puppy, a newly rescued dog. Bonding above all else is my top priority when I'm getting to know a new dog. So how do you bond with a new dog? Well, one, food is bonding. Right. When's the last time you celebrated a holiday with your family? Chances are pretty good that you all ate together, right? There's probably alcohol there too, but don't give your dogs alcohol. So eating food is bonding. So hand feed your dog their meals. Share some of your food with the dog and take things slow and really let that relationship and that trust develop and form. Some dogs are just going to come pre-programmed with trust and loving you, right? Young puppies, that's easier most of the time. Uh, some of these dogs that are coming from rescue that have baggage are not as easy to trust and bond. So I love rescue and I love the value of the underdog. Sunny came from rescue and that dog was a disaster when he first came to me. I mean, we seriously didn't even know he had a tail because it was tucked for the first like three months that he lived with us. Bless his heart, I was a total novice dog owner. I didn't know anything at the time. And of course, the first thing I did was take him to a super busy place, which totally stressed him out. So if you have a new rescue dog who is kind of afraid of things, don't rush. There's absolutely no rush to get the dog to the dog park. There's no rush to get the dog to the friend's house for a barbecue. And in fact, you can do a lot of damage by rushing a dog who is scared, afraid, aggressive, shut down, you name it. So if you have a newly rescued dog, I would say if the dog has been with you for less than a few days, really spend time bonding, developing trust, and letting them establish in their new environment before you start, you know, throwing all kinds of different stimulus at them. If you have a young puppy, that's obviously different, right? Young puppies, we know, need early socialization. So if you have a young puppy who isn't afraid, who you feel like you've bonded with pretty well, then get out there and make sure the dog is having positive experiences lots and lots of places. So I think that if you haven't bonded with the dog, you shouldn't have any expectations of them, right? Bonding first and foremost. Okay, so once you have bonded with the dog, there's a trust buildup, you and the dog are, you know, love each other, they're responding to you, then I want to look at training, right? I'm going to look at training from the ground up. 
the basics, right? We've we've covered a lot of training in the previous episodes. So if you haven't listened to those, check them out. But when I'm working on training, one, I always have a game plan first. So whether that's in my head or it's written down, I have a game plan of what I'm going to be working on. And if criteria needs to be raised or if criteria needs to be lowered, okay? So you have to be clear on what you want criteria to be before you start a training session. It is up to us as the teacher to make sure that our dog as the learner has the easiest job. So if you don't have a game plan before a training session, how can you expect a really good outcome? I'm a big believer in recording training sessions so that you can be honest with yourself about what went wrong and also celebrate the stuff that went right. I actually had to buy a new phone with more storage because I reached capacity because I have so many recorded training sessions. And I tell you what, it was absolutely worth the money so that I can look back and see those minuscule details that maybe I missed in the moment. So when you're working on training, make sure that you have a clear training plan. Know when you need to raise criteria, know when you need to lower criteria. If you don't feel like you have that, enlist the help of a positive reinforcement trainer. That's our job. We love doing it. It brings me so much joy to guide people to make sure that they're training their dog in the best way possible and then to celebrate with them when they're getting results, right? So if if you are not taking notes, I highly suggest you're writing stuff down. If you are not recording your training sessions, I highly suggest you're recording your training sessions. It matters. It really does. And we can't have all these expectations of our dogs if we're not holding ourselves accountable for being the teacher in this whole training scenario. So I, that leads me into something that I tell you what, I've really, really... I've really been having to reflect on is being honest with myself about what effort I put into a training session and whether my expectation of the dog is too high. Wayland, bless his heart. This dog is, whew, he is whipping me into shape. Not only in the training department, but seriously in the being a better person department. I I'm sure you guys can share this sentiment, but I really think that each dog that we own is here to teach us and to make us a better person. And I think that we get really caught up in the expectations of our dogs and we forget to enjoy the ride, enjoy the journey, enjoy everything that the dog is teaching us, right? And Waylon and I have been doing agility, right? And that's the whole reason I got Waylon is because I wanted a new agility dog. So the dog came to me at eight weeks old. Oh, I had high expectations for what I wanted him to be in the agility department. And he, whew, he is getting close. I got to tell you what, but we reached a point where I had to take a step back and realize that I was putting too much pressure on this dog and too much pressure on myself and the expectations I was holding myself to and him to were just completely unrealistic and really unfair. 
he is a super social dog, which is wonderful. But in the agility training environment, he kept leaving me to go and say hi to people, which, you know, he's a baby still. He just turned two, but it was frustrating for me. Honestly, I really had to dig deep and not let my ego get in the way. I actually wrote a blog about this, so I'll include a link to that in the show notes if you'd like some further in-depth information about how I'm working on myself. Thanks, Waylon. But I think it's really important to remember that if you are not putting in the work, if you are putting your dog in a situation that they can't handle and then expecting them just to deal with it, it's not fair. It just isn't. And you're setting yourself up and your dog up for failure. And that is not the goal, right? The goal is always to set training sessions up so that the teacher and the learner can be successful. So I have been taking a small step back from agility. Will and I did a couple of agility trials and he had some shining moments. I mean, I got some really great feedback about how some of his training has been holding up. And I also got some really good feedback about, um, work I needed to do in the distraction department. And instead of continuing to compete and continuing to quote unquote work through it in the ring, I stopped competing and I went back to training and heavily reinforcing and you can't have food in the ring when you're competing and Waylon wasn't ready for that. I wanted him to be ready, but he wasn't. And then in turn, I set us both up to fail and for me to be frustrated, right? Which is super unfair to the dog. And that's a surefire way to teach Waylon that agility trials kind of suck. So I'm pleased to announce that we are making a ton of progress. And I honestly, too, I had to look at our relationship and I kind of went back to the bonding aspect. You know, it's like when he was eight weeks old, I spent so much time with socialization and training and bonding and I think that we just kind of hit a lull in the bonding department honestly so it felt good to take a step back and now we are better than ever if you don't already follow Waylon on Instagram you can if you want um, I post lots of videos of progress um, it's at Waylon the Amstaff um, but yeah bless his heart and everything he's taught me. I could say the same for Tiva. I could say the same for Sunny. I'm sure you could say the same for many of the dogs that you've shared your life with. I know I kind of got sidetracked here. So let's go back to expectations, right? Make sure that before you expect anything from your dog, you have a good standing relationship based on bonding and trust. Once you have that, make sure that you have a clear training plan. And if you are unsure of how to have a clear training plan, enlist the help of a positive reinforcement trainer. I'm telling you guys, this is what we live for. We want to help you. So seek out and ask for help if you're not sure how to train through some of the expectations you have for your dog. Okay. And last, but certainly not least, be sure to enjoy the journey. Their lives on this planet are just not even close to long enough. So while some things may feel frustrating, overwhelming, sometimes too much, they aren't. Enjoy every moment you have with them because they are not going to live as long as they deserve to. 
Well, there you have it. There are my thoughts on expectations of our dogs. I hope you found this episode helpful. If you did find this episode helpful, please feel free to leave a review or take a screenshot of this episode and tag me on Instagram and tell me what you liked about it. I feel so grateful to be able to help dogs and people communicate better. I'm already looking forward to the next episode. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you'd like to learn more about us, please check us out on Instagram at a good feeling underscore in co. You can also find us on Facebook at a good feeling dog training, as well as our website, agfdogtraining.com.